Welcome to the Wonder Women podcast. My name is Katie Freeman and I am your host. Every Wednesday and Friday, I bring you an interview with a female or non-binary maker from all kinds of making and artistry from all over the world. Today's guest is actually a repeat guest, uh, but a very special guest. So it is Dej of Dej Designs and Dej happened to be my very first Wonder Women series episode back in July of 2020. So it's hard to believe it's been almost a year. And since that time, the podcast has gone from the Maker Mom podcast to Wonder Women podcast overall. Um, And I was so thrilled to get to chat with Dej as my first guest. And it's a really great interview. And I definitely think that If not every one of you have been following along this whole time, then you'll enjoy this uh, interview. And even if you've already heard her, I think you'll enjoy it again for a second time. A reminder that I will be taking a vacation from the podcast for the month of June. So this will be my last episode until the start of July. Last new episode. Um, But this gives you a chance to get all caught up. Um, and maybe to go back and listen to some of your favorite makers in the meantime. Uh, Before we hop into the interview with Dej, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thanks so much, Kevin, Lefty's Woodshop, Christy, Twisted Twine, Christina B., Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Sven, Door Size Workshop, Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie, Tool Mom Bonnie, ToolMomStore.com, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou, Made by Mary Lou, Amy, Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly, Reclaim Living Store, Brandy, Studio Obey, Kathy, The One with the Tools, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued and ongoing support, helping me to produce two episodes a week, every week. And if you want to get your name uh, added to the start of every episode, please go over to patreon.com forward slash wonder women pod. And that's women with a E N go check that out. Um, and when I come back with brand new episodes in July, your name will be at the top of the list. All right. With no further ado, here is Dej with Dej Designs. I was like, Ooh, that looks super fun. And so I like yeah. dove head in I like invested so much money in Arbor Tech and I don't even like their tools anymore, but uh. <laughs> like, I, I dove right in and I just started. And I mean, I basically like, I carved a table. Uh, that was the first carving I did and I loved it. Like there's yeah. just nothing like I can do traditional woodworking, but I have found, I like free form and I yeah. like, like, it's okay if it's not, 
you know, dead nuts on because it's kind of art. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect. So that's what I love about it. Yeah. That's what I was finding like um, when I was carving the bowls, like, because usually I would do that on a lathe. And Mm -hmm. for me to be able to just carve it freehand, um, and I'm not using Arbitect, I'm using the, I got a speed graph um, blade, which is like basically a little table saw blade. Um, I saw that in your your video you posted on how you, from the live, and you yeah. did it on IGTV, and I was like, what is, I've never seen that blade before. Um, it's, I think it's from Poland. A uh, company okay. in Poland makes it, and now they have it on Amazon. At the time that I got it, they didn't have it mm-hmm. on Amazon. Um, but that blade, oh my gosh, like it is, it is such a, a very, it's a very interesting blade because yeah, you can like take like really deep cuts, mm-hmm. um, but the finish is so smooth, um, where you almost don't have to sand it if you are extremely gentle. Like if you do yeah. all your cuts and then the last one is like just a very gentle one, you don't even have to sand it. It was like glass. Like I was, I was mm-hmm. amazed with that. Um, but yeah, just just being able to freeform something and just having that kind of uh, creative flow just come out into the wood and letting kind of the wood speak for itself yeah. and tell you what it wants to do. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love yeah. it. It's so much different because I, I don't know if you saw my website, but like I'm mostly into mid-century modern style yeah. furniture. Yeah. Um, and I'm very intentional with that too. Like uh, mid-century modern is probably was not for Black people. Mm-hmm. Um, like that style was not for us and so I am trying to kind of change that history um, by creating a new a new one um, I love that and love so that. yeah so um I usually do that like just mm-hmm. sleek straight lines all the time and to be able to do this was just something completely different but I found a new love for it it's it's awesome mm-hmm. it's really cool yeah I've, I mean I kind of I wouldn't I would say I've always liked the idea of mid-century modern, like, mm-hmm. like you said, like the clean lines and stuff like that. Cause I'm mm-hmm. kind of personally, I'm kind of minimalist in my style. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I didn't like about it is there's like no curves. And like, right. I found that I really love curves and I've always loved it. And that was another draw when I saw Mike carve that table and mm-hmm. he put curves in it. Like that's what I've been looking to be yeah. able to do is like <laughs> yeah. put some kind of organic shape, you know, because nature is not straight lines. Nature right. is full of, you know, non-asymmetric right. or asymmetric, you know, curvatures and lines and stuff. And so that really yeah. draws me into to it. Yeah, that is definitely something like I'm trying to incorporate more into my furniture. Like um, with the multi-toned desk that I made. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it's a very subtle detail, but the legs actually splay out like a curve. Mm-hmm. I was able to do that on the shaper, and um, for me to like kind of experience that type of style and adding that kind of curve look to mm-hmm. it, it was like, yeah, I definitely need to do more of this. So mm-hmm. I'm coming out with a collection that is going to be mostly curved things so nice, nice hopefully my shop needs to open soon so that I can get this going um because all I can do right now is is design the pieces and I really mm-hmm. want to build them um yeah yeah awesome 
So we've already been talking a lot, so I'm just going to have to put slice this into the podcast because I like what we've been talking about. <laughs> um, but I want to, I do want to make sure I like kind of circle back um, and just start with like letting you introduce yourself. You know, who are you? What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I always find when I when I speak to new people, like I don't even I don't even tell them who I am. I just start talking about just different things we can relate on. <laughs> um, but my name is Dej Hamilton. I'm a furniture maker and designer based in Toronto, um, and I make custom handcrafted furniture, kitchenware, and home decor, including wall art, um, all sorts of things that. People usually I do whatever people ask me to do. Sometimes I gotta I gotta stop them because they be asking for some crazy things. But <laughs> um, um, yeah, usually it's it's all custom stuff. Um, growing up in Toronto um, was very interesting. Um, I went to a predominantly South Asian school, um, and so even though there there wasn't uh, it was like all people of color. Mm-hmm. There was only about maybe 50 black students in a school of a thousand. Um, okay. And so we were still being kind of picked on, picked out um, and whatnot. But thankfully, in grade six, I was introduced to woodworking. Um, and um, I found this this sort of love for it that just, I was just so enticed by everything that my teacher was doing. And he really pushed me. Um, to continue because he's always like, Daesh, you have a thing for this. You're, you're, you, yeah. <laughs> that's how, that's how he, would, he would speak to me. I was like, okay, like, thanks. So in high school, I continued it. And there I got an, another amazing woodworker. Um, and he was just, he was just the best. Like I was, when I reached grade 11, I was the only person in my class like it was like split like grade 10 and 11 and I was the only person in the grade 11 section and so the entire budget for the grade 11 was mine and so he was like you do what you want you design what you want and I'm like this is just this is great and I don't think I would have gotten that type of opportunity um if it was any other time um, I always think that like there's always a, a special time for special things and like I was just really fortunate enough to get that type of opportunity and um, after high school um, I went to this this art school um, for furniture making and design um, but what I found there was that it wasn't it wasn't organized the way that I wanted it to be um, it was very learn as you go so for example, we were learning about side tables and building side tables and whatnot. And the class was very, because it was it was based on creativity and just based on what you want to do, the criteria wasn't the same for everyone. They would give you like kind of like certain guidelines, but you can do whatever you wanted. Um, and so I decided to go all out and make this, this, uh, this uh, side table that had that was you could fold it on un, un, uh, open it up put stuff inside close it all this this stuff and I didn't need table buttons like everyone else and so I didn't learn how to make table buttons that year because I never needed them but everyone else did and even though I would ask I was like yo how do you do this how do you do this it was it was just learn as you go you would you would learn as you needed to and so I didn't necessarily find that 
type of teaching style useful for me because I thought that it would make more sense for everyone to kind of learn the same things and then use that to implement and introduce their own creativity mm -hmm. to build what they wanted. Um, so I left. <laughs> I had to go. Um, and I went to this different school that was way more organized. Um, they taught you literally everything that you needed to know within a whole 365 day year like it was just okay from january to december you're learning everything you need to learn um here we call that fast track to learning um and so it was like two years of learning condensed into one but mm -hmm. you were learning all that you needed to to learn and at the end of it you were able to um, use your creativity to make something and that's where i made the desk the, the okay. multi-tone bricklay desk um yeah, so then after college, um, I ended up taking a vacation because I needed to just breathe for a <laughs> second before I then jumped back into woodworking. Um, and that's where I kind of learned more about the sexism in this trade. Um, the first job that I applied to, um, it, was a, <laughs> it was a very weird experience i walked in there and um you can see like there were certain people at the front as secretaries there were white women as the designers on one side and then all the men were the builders on the other side of the building and i looked at this setup and i was like i'm signing up i'm signing myself up to be a part of the building section with these white men here and I don't know how comfortable I feel with me being completely separated from everyone else in that area. But I still continued on with the interview. Um, and the, the person that was hiring was just so impolite. Um, there were people coming in, um, talking to him. He would just stop the interview, talk to them. Um, and then he would ask me questions that made me feel like he didn't know anything about woodworking he was like so have you used like a table saw before um a jointer and as i'm showing him my portfolio um which was completely unnecessary as i was going through it's like i didn't even need to do that um i was just like like sir like are you we're looking at the same thing here <laughs> like, yes i've used all of these machines <laughs> have you like um and um at the end he was like, yeah, can, can you send us your designs like through email? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, I will not send you my designs. No way. Um, and I told him like, yeah, I, I no longer want to be a part of this. Uh, you don't, don't hire me. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't want to be there. Um, and then uh, I was able to get, so after that, took a little bit of a break. And then um, people that I knew from the first, art, the first school that I went to um, told me about how they're hiring at this one place. Um, and it was fun. I got hired. Um, I put in a lot of work there. It was a lot of fun. But um, they had, when you, when you work somewhere, you kind of start to recognize where your values and their values stand and how some things just don't align for you. And so even though like I would be giving them suggestions on how to do things differently, more efficiently, um, because it was only like, it was only five of us working. It was a very small, small team, very yeah. small team. And it was five of us working in the wood shop. 
and then three people working downstairs. So a team of like eight and every couple of months we'd have someone come on and then come off because they didn't like it. Um, but it was a very small team. And so we all worked together to make these, these projects happen. Um, and they were very reputable. Like they had like a really great reputation with um, the interior design show, which is like, um, I guess a design show that happens in Toronto every January. Mm -hmm. um, and they were like all over the USA. They had different like um, affiliations with different people. Um, but the way that they did things, it was like, wow, how did you get to where you are? You know, <laughs> like mm -hmm. how, how did you, how did, how were you able to achieve this? Um, because now I'm behind the scenes seeing what's happening here and I, it's something is not correlating. It's just something doesn't mm -hmm. make sense to me. Um, and so even with all my suggestions and all of that, I was the youngest one there. I started there when I was 20 years old um, and everyone else was like 28, 29, 30, 31. So they were looking it at was, me as... So was that place like, I mean, it sounds like in both situations. So these are like design firms that are like designing their own lines and then people like are doing the woodworking part of it yes yeah okay. so we had like um our our boss like he was he was the main designer the principal designer mm -hmm. um and then in that there would be management who was like someone I was close with I knew her personally um and she would also help with the designs and prototyping and whatnot um and then I basically built everything like <laughs> I built mm -hmm. everything with a team like other people as well um, but there were certain things that they didn't know how to do so I would show them how to do it and it was like it was a really good team until I started to realize the values weren't aligning and they weren't listening to things that I was saying that would help them excel even more mm -hmm. um, like simple things like how to um, how to lay your lumber like they would they would uh, put their lumber up against a wall, like a drywall. It was like a thousand pounds of lumber against. And I'm sure you know, like if you if you keep your wood vertical, it starts to bow. Yep. Right. So I would tell them, <laughs> I was like, hey, we can like eliminate a lot of our waste if we just lay it flat. And they're like, no, why would we do that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. This is how we learned it in school. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's not my company, so you guys do yeah. what you want, but you'll see. Um, just like, just simple things, like just mm -hmm. things like that. And they weren't really taking into account um, all that was happening or all that the I was saying. Hey, friends. I wanted to tell you about an awesome brand I discovered that you might love as well. Have you ever spent a ton of money on clothing that was supposed to be high performance only for it to end up at the back of your closet because it just doesn't fit right? I personally hate when this happens. I get excited about a new pair of work boots and then I'm disappointed to find out they just weren't designed for me. Discovering Athena Outfitters was a game changer for me. Athena Outfitters is a quality workwear brand for hardworking women. All of their items are handpicked to meet the needs of women in the trades, not just sized down versions of items designed for men. They've got great workwear essentials like comfortable, soft, and safety toe boots and options for my active lifestyle when I'm off the clock as well. Shopping with Athena Outfitters saves me time and energy because I always know I'm getting a high quality product that also looks and feels great. 
Next time you're looking for gear with grit, check out athenaoutfitters.com. That is A-T-H-E-N-A outfitters.com. And use special code at checkout MM15 to get a 15% discount because you listen to the Maker Mom podcast. When in school, that year-long program you took, um, so was it all learning, like, was it more focused on woodworking skills that they were teaching you, or was there, like, also an element of, like, how to design stuff? Yeah, there was, it, um, it was mainly woodworking, like, we would be, <clears throat> like, we had, hmm, almost 400 projects to do within that year like just little small projects like joinery projects um cabinetry kitchen Mm -hmm. making and all that stuff um and then we had a class that was based on design and how to and we learned art history and whatnot but it was very condensed and really that was i would say that was all i needed Uh, my mom does interior design so i kind of have a little bit of design Mm -hmm. there um but just that little section of art history and design was kind of like all we really needed to to know because they were teaching us the principles of it. They weren't going into, okay, back in 1000 AD, this right. person did this. Right. And like, yeah. you, like that's things that I found weren't totally necessary to the craft. Mm-hmm. Like it's cool to learn and you could learn all of this stuff yourself if you just watch some YouTube videos right like I don't understand I didn't understand why I was paying for these like all these different classes like color theory and all these things that just like I'm sure we all have the sense of design you know like we all know that orange and brown don't go together like like, it's just it was was, um the others the art school was artsy Mm -hmm. they wanted to to make mini me's the designers that we were that were teaching us wanted to make people that were just like them and we didn't really get to um be fully in our own thinking when it came to design Mm -hmm. um and so the other school was definitely I needed more building experience I felt like I wanted to learn more to I wanted to learn how to be more efficient with building and like the teachers at the other school um they they were so efficient like they're just be things that they do and it's just like mind-blowing like like there was this one time, um, my teacher Mark he put like all of his pieces together and measured it that way, like the thickness. And he's like, "Okay, well, if it's not even, then you know something is off." And I'm like, "Duh, <laughs> that makes complete sense," mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, back to just being in the field after spending a year and a half there, I figured like it was time for me to go. And the whole going away portion was was also very interesting because they didn't understand why I was leaving. Like they were like, "What what did we what did we do wrong? Like what 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 happened? But you don't want to work here anymore." <laughs> like I was like, "I just I just I just need to part ways with you guys." Um, and they were like, "Well, as long as you don't work for anyone else." And I was like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> um but I I ended up not I ended up saving a lot of money to be able to kind of build my own thing and Mm -hmm. uh, um be self-efficient in that way um I found a shop that was extremely cheap um and it was 
so cheap it was almost concerning like okay what's wrong with it like why is it so cheap <laughs> um but nothing was wrong with it it was just a community center that it's has, a like a co-working space type thing yeah, uh, yeah. based on a membership where you have yeah. to take a test and all that stuff. stuff yep and apparently there are like a hundred members a part of this this club i've only seen about 15 or 20 people <laughs> and there's some days where i'm in there by myself so yeah. i'm like this is just great. Like, this is wonderful. This is almost like my own shop. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, this is awesome. Um, and all the people there, like, uh, there's a whole bunch of older dudes. And <laughs> I remember my mom was saying, she's like, are you sure? Like, this is okay. Like all these old dudes. I'm like, mom, you don't understand. These guys are amazing. They're so much fun. <laughs> they, they just want to teach you everything. And then in some instances, I'm teaching them stuff and that they didn't know. And they're like, wow, you're so young and, and, and agile. <laughs> it's, it was great. That place is, is awesome. So that's been just over a year, April, that I started Dej Designs. And here I am now, just in quarantine, waiting for the shop to reopen. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned before like about you know you're looking to put out your own line um so a like I think that's super awesome because that's I mean that's like one of my big dreams but then I realize I have no freaking idea how to actually make that happen <laughs> so, <laughs> so this has been a dream for <laughs> like three years trying to make this happen and like years of trying to figure out what people want like Mm -hmm. what are people gonna buy because if I put out this line I want to be able to introduce it to interior designers and interior decorators so that they can show their clients so that they're doing the work for me Mm -hmm. they're they're showing their clients and implementing my design into their design and that's kind of where like the hard work comes in too is just finding exactly I think that's the that's the part right it's like I can have designs for days and mm-hmm. I can do the work of building it but it's the connecting the the catalog of work and the line right. with people that would buy it or help sell it for me um, I mean I have some experience working with uh, interior local interior designers too mm-hmm. so I was going to ask you especially since you're in the in Toronto um, are you familiar with Kate Duncan Kate Duncan yeah she's in the I believe yeah she's in the Toronto area that name sounds so familiar she is the <laughs> creator of the address design show if you're familiar oh, with that yes yes um yeah and they have like a little show it's been running for a while though Mm -hmm. um and i literally just found out about this like earlier this year late last year Mm -hmm. um because i wanted to be a part of it but quarantine yes (laughs) yes um but yeah yeah i'm familiar with her and her yeah yeah so i think that would probably be um i mean you're already aware of it but i think that would be a good show for you to definitely yeah. get in on. Um, I've reached out to, and I'm saying she, you know, that I realize I have a suspicion that it is they pronouns, um, uh, that I've reached out to them and talked and just chatted because I've wanted, I love that idea of like mm-hmm. basically like 
you know, uh, just like the the workshop industry, you know, the in the workshop tends to be filled with a lot less female mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, representation. It's the same within the like actual design field too. Yes. And so I was like chatting with uh, Kate just via Instagram about like they went ahead and started this show because right. like they were getting shut out of all of these other shows or having right. to pay thousands of dollars just to get their line you yeah. know, represented there and stuff. Um, so I, I'm, am wanting to eventually someday another pipe dream probably, but to start <laughs> another show uh, in the U S mm-hmm. somewhere um, that would especially uh, highlight um, women designers um uh members of the queer community designers uh and people of color designers like Mm -hmm. basically everybody who is not a white heterosexual male as a Mm -hmm. designer is who i'd like to highlight it's Um, needed (laughs) because it, it is needed i mean to your point like there's there's a bunch of us out there who have amazing designs that just don't get the same visibility yeah um and again, this is no slurs or, or hate against, you know, white heterosexual males. It's just wanting to create opportunities for others as well to join right. the party. Right. Um, speaking on that, like, um, I'm sure you saw the popular woodworking post that's gotten so much. Reading, <laughs> reading the comments in that post, I was like, we need a reform, like a complete reform to be completely inclusive of everyone in this field. Because it is so scary to think that there are so many people who, who don't, who don't want it, who don't want this inclusiveness, who don't want um, people from all different backgrounds to be involved in what they call their field. and that's such a scary thought. So when people like Kate and and people like you are thinking of how we can can start to include more of us, more queer people, more people of color, more people with disabilities mm-hmm. um, in in this field, like that's that's a statement in itself, you know. And mm-hmm. um, it's definitely doable. I'm here for it. I too want to want to start something as well. Um, way down the line, I, yeah. <laughs> my my dream is to to have a gallery with my girlfriend, um, and she, she does interior design. And um, I, I man, you've just it. got all these interior design <laughs> advantages. I'm just, just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit jealous, just a tiny bit. <laughs> she's she's very new in interior design. She's, she goes, she lives in Colorado, and she's going to. Um, the Rocky Mountain Art of and Design School um, okay. for interior design, um, and so but she, but we want to have um, like a gallery. I don't know, probably here. I'm trying to trying to push her to to do it in Toronto. Um, yes. Hi, makers. Today's episode is brought to you by Tool Mom Store. 
Tool Mom and Company is for all ages, genders. They have what you need for your one-stop tool-related merchandise of gifts and clothing. Uh, the products are fun, fashionable, one-of-a-kind. In fact, I have two of the mugs. Uh, one has a circular saw with flames coming off of it. It says, Go Girl. Another one has the definition of a tool chick. Both of them are super awesome, and I have coffee out of them almost every morning. So check out toolmomstore.com or find them on Instagram at toolmombonnie. You can receive an extra 20% off at checkout by using the code MAKERMOM. Um, Is she American or Canadian? Yeah, no, she's American, yeah. Yeah, um, if you want, I can hop on that train and tell her to get her butt out of America. Yeah, <laughs> we're so, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, listen, listen, you need to do your passport like yesterday. Like, That's you right. need to get this going, okay? Like, come on. <laughs> but we're trying to develop like um, a gallery just just for women. And, and in that gallery, um, we would have... Uh, like a, so a section for people to teach others their mm -hmm. field even like not just woodworking like ceramics glass all of these different things all the different mediums textiles um and then have them showcase their work within that gallery and they wouldn't they would they wouldn't have to pay like gallery fees you know like i don't i don't yeah. i don't believe in that i don't believe in and having to pay for things that you don't Are, have to pay for, you know? Have you heard of Making a Seat at the Table? I've heard of that, yes. Yes, that was a show that was in, I think they had it in Philadelphia. It was like October through like the start of this year. Um, I had one of the women, I actually had both women actually, uh, but Laura Mays, I don't know if you're familiar with her or not, but she she's an instructor at a at a woodworking school um, that used to be the school of of the redwoods or something like that. It's in California. Yeah, um, that school. Mm -hmm. um, but she was one of the people who put it together, and it was all uh, women um, furniture designers and makers who had mm. their and artists who had their stuff in that show in that gallery. Um, which now I can't find it. Center of Art and Wood. Center of Art and Wood. Yeah, it's in Philadelphia. Um, nonprofit museum, exhibition, gallery, library, store, nurturing and promoting art and wood. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Philadelphia is just a drive away, so. <laughs> yeah, it's not too far no. for you guys at all. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of synergies out there. I think there's quite a few of what I'm putting in the us category of, um, wanting to, to bring a light to all of these people who participate yeah. in this industry. And I did see popular, uh, woodworkings. You're talking the, the Black Lives Matter yeah. post is the one. I'm kind of glad now that you said you read the comments that I didn't. I was, um, I was pleased with their post. I was pleased to see a woodworking magazine take that stand because none of the others are doing anything. 
Right. Um, and so I was actually happy to see that, you know, mm. um, and uh, one of uh, a fellow queer uh, female maker that I know, and she's also happens to be a person of color, um, we're, we're friends and they reached out to her to help, you know, participate in how they're trying to change their own culture and be more inclusive. Um, and I think that's great, you know? Yeah, it is. It is the, the editor um, is a younger, a younger dude. Um, and so I feel like he doesn't have the same mindset as all the older dudes have. <laughs> I keep calling them dudes, but. <laughs> I, I know what um, you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he seems um, like he's really trying to put a foot forward. Mm -hmm. um, even though generally speaking, like we all needed this so much so long ago yeah um it's cool to see like as i was saying i think i commented on that post like that it's 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 nice to see that that um the woodworking community is finally trying to be more inclusive mm -hmm. um that it's nice to see that you know that maybe if if a, a child is going to see this they might see themselves within this book and that's like really where my heart is like mm -hmm. for the kids because you won't be able to to get more people in this if they don't see themselves in this exactly. right and so and so I think that that what they're trying to do and hopefully they do it you know the right way mm -hmm. um but I think it'll be good for the community as like a start to reform yeah you know? it is it's a tough balance though too because like you just mentioned you know like the older guys that you've you know that work in that same shop space yeah. that you work in I mean in that one-on-one -on -one relationship I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever had with another woodworker a, a bad experience with a male woodworker. You know, right. I personally have never had that. Um, I know that there are women who have, but mm -hmm. I've never personally had that. Usually it's a sharing of this joy, this passion for making stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, my sister says she, that I geek out about this stuff, which I totally do, you know, and, and geek out about like, oh, how do you do this? Or that's mm -hmm. really cool or never, you know, and can spend hours doing, having that conversation and making things together. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's actually really disheartening to me that there were those comments on that article oh. from Popular Woodworking, because I would not actually have expected it. Uh, no, it was, it was like, um, it was it was tough to read, but then also felt like this is what I'm working against. You know, like this is this is the whole reason why I'm doing this because I I had to become the representation that I dreamed about because I wasn't seeing myself within. Even though my teachers were amazing, um, they were all hetero white men, um, but yep. they were all so fantastic and so encouraging but I still was not able to see myself um, in this field. Um, when I was back at the art school, there were three black women in the entire craft and design mm -hmm. thing. Um, and two of them got injured. One of them obliterated her fingers and the other one cut herself on a saw stop. Um, and I remember someone had come up to me and said, said two down, one to go. And I was like, <laughs> wow. And that made me like, just want to just work so much harder just to, just to fight for all of us, you know, like just to kind of just break 
like that that glass mm -hmm. so that the rest of us can just walk through with ease. That's just, that's where I'm at. So seeing those comments was like motivation for what I'm doing. It didn't, it didn't, it hurt, but it, I used, I, 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 I re-energized that hurt into motivation mm -hmm. to just keep doing what I'm doing because it's needed. We need, we need more, more people. Yeah. There. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dej, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we've had an awesome conversation. I appreciate it so much. Um, and forgive me, we've got two new kittens in the house. They've only been with us for a week, so they're very interested in what's going on, what's going on on the desk. Um, <laughs> um, but I want to give you an opportunity to let people know, like, how can they find you on the interwebs and, you know, and follow along with you and see that brand new uh, line when it comes out later on. Yes, um, just you can check me out on Instagram at Dej Designs, D-A-E-J Designs, um, and then my website, uh, DejDesigns.com. Um, that's the two platforms that I'm on the most. Um, I'm trying to work up the, the Facebook page because I know there's a whole bunch of people on Facebook too now, uh, more than ever really. Um, and so, but, but Instagram and my website is really where you would be able to find all my work. Okay. Awesome. And, um, I will put the links to those in the show notes so people, uh, can find that easily. And, um, yeah, thanks again. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. This was yeah. awesome. Yes. Great conversation. Yes. All right. So again, that was Dej with Dej Designs in Canada. I'll include the links on how you can follow along with her in the description for today's episode. So just check that out in whatever podcast app you're listening on. And I'll also point to the original one that went live back in July 2020 and include the link to watch that on YouTube as well. All right. So again, reminder, vacation month of June, give you a chance to get all caught up and um, go check out Patreon. You know, you have a whole month now to think about it so you can get your name added to the start uh, when I come back in July. And when I'm not uh, interviewing fantastic makers and doing podcast episodes, I'm designing and making furniture and home decor at freemanfurnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings across pretty much all the social media. I'm active on a daily basis on TikTok and Instagram. So if you want to see what current project is going on, plus any new dance moves, that's where you will want to find me. All right. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. And I also hope you all have a fantastic June. And I will see you in July. Bye.